they're just looking for perks Talking with jerks about this 80s teen movie It's the, the Breakfast Club Set up some great archetypes, you know it, baby Some jerks we're talking about Movies, movies Some jerks we're talking about Movies, movies, it's a good in film, just not for Doug. It's a good in film, just not for Doug. One, two, three, la 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 la. everybody my name is michael i'm ben i'm tristan i'm elijah and i messed up that intro the first time but hey, yeah, we got there it's okay I, I didn't hit record so we didn't we, we didn't get it we didn't get it we actually nice. recorded 15 minutes of the podcast and then realized ben didn't hit record mm. it was a struggle but you know what we're here what a what a guy yeah but you know what was really great what that theme song oh like well, i am proud time. of that like <coughs> before this episode the swiss army man was my favorite theme i think this is my new my new favorite. Yeah. New favorite. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and in case you were wondering, that was uh, Mr. Elijah Walls on uh, guitar there. Ayo. Uh, it was trying to sound like Bob Dylan. That's what I was channeling. Yeah. Right. I thought it came across. Go go, go check him out. The, in, the timbre of the acoustic guitar <laughs> yeah. was just yeah. was perfect. Just slightly out of tune. Yeah. <laughs> I take uh, full Mr. credit for that. It's, it's my all right. guitar. Mr. Tristan T. Webb on the snaps, the... That he steps a lot faster than I do. There you go. Uh, that instrument is called a snap streak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Mr. Michael Ruiz, who wrote it, well, wrote the lyrics and uh, he wrote the, the song and the melody. <laughs> it's yeah. his. It belongs to him. Hundred percent. And you can direct all lawsuits his way. He's a time traveler, <laughs> and he heard the podcast and went back uh. in time, squeezed it in the movie, changed the lyrics, something about forgetting people. I don't know. Oh no. It's not important. Uh, what do we watch, guys? <laughs> the Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. The Lunch Bunch. The Lunch yeah, Which bunch. was almost called the Lunch Bunch. Yeah. Fun facts for you guys. I'm uh, glad they changed it. It was a, it was a movie about, of people. Yeah. about five teenagers yep. sitting in detention all day, and mm. then it ended. That's the movie. From the director of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Shouldn't be Hughes, that surprising. Uh, very famous 80s teen coming-of-age film director. Mm. Did a lot of stuff. Did he do say uh, say everything, or rather ellipses say everything? So when you say it, you're supposed to pause and then go say everything. Um, I don't know anything about sure. that. Movie. Watch it be say anything. I don't. I don't I'm know. I think it's say anything. I'm it's pr- probably that. I'm 100 percent sure it's yeah, say. It's anything. say anything. Okay, ellipses. so wait, where's the ellipses or the ellipses? End. Oh, so it's say anything <clears throat> like that. That's All the right, name. Um, it. It's kind of like that did, new movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, well, John Hughes did did a lot of. <laughs> A lot of those kinds of movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cameron Crowe directed that one. Oh, that was a Crowe one. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just wasted know. all your time. I'm so sorry. It's fine. Uh, but, yeah, this week we watched The Breakfast Club. Yep. The uh, the the quintessential movie, uh, as featured on many people's, <laughs> like, Instagrams. And, like, it's quoted everywhere. Right. Books, yep. Probably misquoted. The greatest movie of all time. People's brains. Yep. It's... It's, um, you know, it was, don't you forget about me, fist fist pumps in the in the football field, all that. Yeah. It was the big thing before Mean Girls existed. Yeah, <laughs> a 1985 hit starring Emilio Estevez, Judd Nelson, Molly Ringwald, Ali Sheedy, Paul Gleason, Anthony Michael Hall, uh, John Kapolos, and a whole bunch of other people we don't care about. Shout out to those people, except for the ones we don't care about. Paul Gleason was in this movie. Yeah, uh, he was uh, Richard Vernon. The, the, uh, the teacher. principal. Oh. Assistant principal. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I just recognize that name. Nice. Uh, well, course, what's uh, a... I'm a filthy millennial. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so, um, how how, how does it? everyone know it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, is that a thing? Uh, uh, for once, this is actually a movie I've seen. Um, back... Uh, it's been a few years now. Uh, I took a theater appreciation class when I was in... U- uh, when I was at the University of North Georgia... Which shouldn't have anything to do with this movie, but it does. Mm. Um, Let's be that on stage. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's actually something I was thinking about uh, during the movie, but that's another conversation yeah. for another time. Yeah. Uh, mm. But uh, as our final project for that, um, in groups we had to 
uh, act out a scene. It could be from any movie, any play. Oh, that's fun. Uh, so we did uh, a snippet from The Breakfast Club. Guess who I played? Uh, Bender? No. Um, the nerd? Claire. No. The principal. Close. Andrew. I was Andrew. Oh, okay. Oh. Uh, Nathan Welch, if you remember him, or Nathan, if you're listening, uh, he was Bender. Nice. Yeah. Are we allowed to name drop people like that on the I podcast? Did. Okay. It's just happened. I doubt he's listening, but <laughs> right, if you are, I hope you're having a good time. There's Tell the, the wife team. and kid I said hi, <laughs> nice. even though I've never met either one of them. What a, oh, what a weirdo. I haven't met several people that I've heard refer to me. It's okay. It happens. Yeah, it's fine. <coughs> anyway, uh, what are y'all's experience with this movie? I, I came into this honestly not knowing what it was. I've just heard everybody talk about The Breakfast Club. <laughs> I knew it was a classic, and I was like, normally I read the Wikipedia page before we watch the movie, mm-hmm. but I didn't do this this time. I just kind of went in blind <laughs> to kind of experience. So all I knew was, like, the title and the year. That's yeah. okay. That's about what I knew the first time I watched it. Yeah. Um, I, I think I just seen I've seen clips of it just around back in my my film school days. They were just like you gotta watch Breakfast Club. It's a perfect example of archetypal storytelling coupled with the single setting uh, trope that you can use. Blah blah blah. So I heard about it through fancy terms um, that I definitely <laughs> definitely overpaid for. Hmm. Um, other with other than that, I've seen clips of it. I've seen the ending clip a couple of times out of context, which is funny because then when I re- when I saw the film for real this time it felt like it came out of absolutely nowhere. So I was looking for context, and then it felt like the movie just ended. But we'll, yeah, we'll get there. Detention was over. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Because detention was over. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right, we're on home. Um, I, I, I watched this movie with my mom and stepdad when I was a kid. It's another one of the parent movies for yeah. me. Um, my, well, I guess when I was old enough, my mom was like, oh, well, it's time, you know. <laughs> Got a it's bunch time. Of, it's got a bunch of adult things in it, but uh, I guess it's time for you to watch this movie. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for The Breakfast Club. Yeah, yep. That's what she said to Did me. Did you watch it voice. over breakfast? No. Yep. I watched it at like 4 p.m. I'd <laughs> really... <laughs> Man, I'd really like to know how many films okay. Ben's seen that I haven't. Well, this is why... <laughs> I know. That's what I was just thinking. This might be one of the only ones. Yep. But... It's a... Uh... Cool. <laughs> it's a... Uh... It's an interesting point of history in the uh, Some Jerks thing. Catalog? Anyway, uh, I'd only seen this movie <laughs> once, that one time, um, and I I, I, uh, Sorry. I I thought it was okay. I mean, I, uh, I don't know. I, I was a kid. I was like, it, it's, it's all right. I thought it was pretty emotional at times, but rewatching it, I, I have a different standpoint. We'll just say that. <laughs> oh. All right. I, I, have, I have a different view. Okay. That's different. Usually you're the one that's emotional at the movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm emotional with this movie. I almost got there. It got oh, close. I, I, yeah. I did. I almost felt something, but then I didn't. <laughs> but then yeah, it just you couldn't it. get through that last layer of the iron heart. <laughs> nope. to knock it back sometimes. Mm. I got that. All right. So... So we'll bad. Just, uh, it's bad. We're just gonna hop Let's into just it. dive on. In. Let's just jump into it, man. Let's oh. just do it. So bad, it's so bad. bad, it's bad. Um, I don't like the fact that we had to Google what the Breakfast Club was. <coughs> that was the one of the few yeah. things I wanted <clears throat> from this movie was why the heck is it the Breakfast Club? But we did find an answer to that. We did, Elijah. Uh, it's like <laughs> a friend of John Hughes had a kid whose buddies called detention the breakfast club because it starts early in the day and so he called the movie that yeah that's I it like i feel like they could have done something awkward like suicide squad where just like bender's like what are we some sort of breakfast club and then like there you go we got the answer like but no you only the last words of this entire film are the breakfast club yeah and it's the first and only time you ever hear those words spoken in the entire film yep. so you're just kind of left going what <laughs> I don't. People, uh, people back then didn't think about that. They're I just like, did now. They're just like ah, you know, breakfast. I, uh, the movie's <laughs> over. Move on. We got. We got. Come on. We got other movies to watch. <laughs> no, no, they did. What are you talking about? Films were in, in theaters for like a year and a half. It was like, oh, shucks, honey. I guess we're gonna go see the Breakfast Club Ooh. again. We saw it last Christmas. Now we're gonna go see it for summer. Look, pop in your laser disc of Twelve Angry Men. You got another movie to watch. Came out thirty years prior. Come so on. Laser disc of twelve no, no, that's when you pop out the thirty five millimeter and you just load it up <laughs> and then you watch it. 
Okay. With the associated vinyl records. All right, I don't know. You go outside and push a hoop with sticks. What, what do you want from me? They I don't know. Stuff. They got other stuff to do. They got, they got time to sit around. <laughs> Did, they didn't work on computers and just... I don't know. I'm sorry. Did you live in the 80s? Why are you defending them so brashly? You just got to do it sometimes, all right? Well, you see, uh, Tristan actually took a few years and uh, traveled back in time to live in the 80s. Really? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Don't judge me about it, okay? I've been there, done that, all right? Let's so, move on. Just like in the 80s, uh, uh, I learned a few things. Come on. You got to move on to the yeah. next movie. Yeah, a uh, uh, bit, bat, boop, and a video killed the radio star and all that. That's right. Yep, there you go. That's what, that's what I heard. Whoop, boop. Well, all right. Goonies. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I have anything else on that category. So bad, it's bad. Yeah. Oh man, the I pacing like I was a little weird at times. I like, but at the, the same pacing. time, it kind of worked. Yeah. So like, I don't know that I would yeah. put it in. So bad, it's bad. Maybe so bad, it's good. Right. I thought they, the movie was short. Personally. Yeah. yeah. I think the pacing is is if it drives you crazy, I think it's supposed to make you feel like you're in detention too. Right. You know, like you're suffering through it with them. Right. It was kind of slow. I I <clears> did nod off a little. But it's not because I found the movie boring. Sure. Although if it was more exciting, I wouldn't have nodded off. It's fine. I don't have a problem with yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say it's quiet, but like I, I don't really have an issue with it being quiet. I mean, it's, that's how it is. They're not playing music or anything in the room. You know, It's just yeah. quiet. Um, so I, yeah. I will say it's a stretch to put the um, word. Pacing. Pacing. That's the go. word. Sorry. <laughs> I was thinking timing. I was like, that's not right. Nope. Uh, I think it's a stretch to put pacing in so bad it's bad, but... Gun to my head, I'd say it's like on the edge of so bad it's bad, so really? bad it's good. But like, I lean more towards so bad it's good because it works. Yeah, I mean, I I have to disagree, man. I really, really like the pacing in this movie. The only time I didn't, this is the moment that so bad it's bad, mm-hmm. is I felt like the movie just ended. Yeah, I needed like so that's three part or four of it. more minutes. That's part of it. Yeah. It just kind of ends. Uh, we get um, Brian's letter at the end, which, which. I, w- I do like that. That's so good. It's good for me. I really like yeah. the letter. Um, but that, and then another thing kind of with the pacing, I feel like their attitudes towards each other just kind of change on a dime. And yes, again, no. it's one of those things, it's weird, but it works. Yeah. I, I don't, I guess my thing is the, my issue with the characters changing on a dime takes place at the end because I thought the rest of the development was really natural. Like you yeah. have, them kind of softening up to each other and coming to a better understanding. Yeah, like, but that's I don't the thing. like, like, yeah, it's weird, but like you said, it feels natural. That part feels natural. I don't like the ending where we just shove two relationships in for no good reason. Yeah. One of which being a lot more problematic than the other. Well, in my but opinion. both of I them, think that, I mean, there were stepping stones to both of those, right? It wasn't out of the blue. The I one mean, of them I'd, wasn't. I'd never seen this movie before, and I saw all the signs of both of those, mm-hmm. you know. Well, it's not yeah. as weird as in the Fifth Element when Bruce Willis and Mia Jovovich end up together. Right. Yeah. I guess I just don't like. I don't like the romance between the criminal and the princess at all. I get it. That's going yeah. firmly and so bad it's bad. I, right. Because um, if you if we knew these people, you would be like, "What? Stop! Please yeah. stop! What are you doing? <laughs> you're both. You're well. Not you're both terrible. You're both kind of terrible. One's a little more terrible than the other. <laughs> right. But man. Yeah. That, I, I, the whole bit concerning the criminal hiding under a table was like, whoo-hoo, let's not. Let's yeah. not with any of that. I think my So Bad It's Bad is mainly the the way that these kids just, like, get... They get very comfortable with each other very quickly. And I, I, I just find that really hard to buy, I guess. Um, I, I disagree with you. Yeah, I disagree. I mean, uh, it happens sometimes. Well, it happens. I'm Things just trying to like, that. like I'm trying to figure out what rubs me the wrong cuz something rubs me the wrong way with this movie. Like okay. something I just like I'm just like, eh. but I can't quite put my finger on it and I'm I'm yeah. kind of circling around that I, point. I guess from my perspective, you have like if 0 is we're strangers and 100 is we're best buddies, it feels like the film very slowly gets up to 80 mm-hmm. and then at the last 5 minutes <clears throat> it jumps to 100. That's kind yeah. of my issue with it. Is it's like it does such a good job naturally <laughs> developing the characters. Mm. I feel like it takes a bunch of major leaps at the end, and that's yeah. the part that rubs me the wrong yeah. way. But I think I you probably could the... have added like twenty, thirty minutes to this movie to really solidify those yeah. relationships at the end. I would not mind that because I was right. really invested. I thought all the actors did a really good job. I was pretty interested in seeing where they all went, even though they're all like stereotypes and archetypes. And I knew where they were going. Right. They were still being played really well. Right. And I I like the classic filmmaking aspect of it. Because this was clearly a film that was kind of 
attempting to deconstruct some of those tropes while also playing into them simultaneously, which kind of bites it in the butt a few times. Mm-hmm. Namely, again, the relationship between the criminal and the princess. But, I don't know, generally speaking, I really like how the relationships play off <clears throat> each other, how they play off of each other and all that. I just, I wanted a scene where they wrapped it up and the guy came in and said, detention's over, and I don't know, they say a thing or something. Because it just, it cuts to them walking out. Right. Like, they're hanging out, and then the very next shot is them leaving. And I, that just bothered me. I didn't. I wasn't bothered by that, and I wasn't bothered by how fast they got. They seemed to get tight with each other. I wouldn't even say it's fast, personally. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. From my experience in high school, like, <clears throat> there were times like you get put together to work on like a group project or something with people that you don't really know, and I mean, y'all obviously have some similarities. You're like. Yeah. And the same stage of life, this, that, and the other. Like, you're going to start talking. And you're, I mean, you're going to be acquaintances with each other at least. Right. Like, yeah. But, like, being stuck in a room with the same people for nine hours, not really being able to do anything. Like, yeah, you're you're probably going to become pretty close to each other. Yeah. Yeah, do you ever end up, like, at Waffle House at 3 a.m. with people you just met? Yeah. yeah. You, you leave that Waffle House feeling like you know those people. Yeah. You've, you've known them for years. Right, it's, things like yeah. that do happen. It's it's a little like, and not to completely <clears throat> undersell the subject I'm about to mention, it's kind of like war buddies in a way, just because it's like you're in this situation where you're locked in a confined space and you mm-hmm. don't really have anyone else to talk to, and you very quickly form fast friendships because it's either talk to people or sit silently and stare at the table and right. slowly contemplate your own demise or something. I don't even know. <laughs> like it's just not fun, especially when you're in a situation like this where the assistant principal or whatever his face was was completely gone. Where you can just blast records and right. scream. And get high. And get high and do all sorts. Like, if you're in that situation, man, I would, uh, yeah, I would totally bond with these people. Right. Like, I loved the scene when they're all sitting around kind of in a semicircle talking to each other. That's my favorite. I've yes. done that. Movie. Like, I have done that with people I didn't know. Yeah. Like, that is right. so accurate to Th- That is my favorite scene in the, in the entire movie. Yeah. That's I, the part I got emotional at. And that's another part sorry. that I'm kind of uh, about. Really? Yeah. Go for oh. it. It is. I don't. I don't hate it or anything. I. I just. I don't know. Opening up to people in, in that way is just. It. It just rubs me the wrong way. Is it just not to get too personal? It's just something you didn't do because that's something I did. And I guess that's why I relate. I mean, to I it. haven't done it, but I also don't want to do it really. Well, well that kind of I'd say influences your opinion on it. Cause, well, yeah, obviously. I yeah. mean, ne- neither do I, and I think neither did some of the characters, but they did. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah. Like I mean, with Claire, like. Uh, she kind of semi gets forced slash manipulated into sharing stuff that she did not want to share. And I I thought it was done in a really natural way. Right. To where, like, how peer pressure would really go about Mm it, which I appreciated the way that kind of came out and, like, everyone's approaches to that subject in general I thought were really well done. Yeah, I agree with that. I know. I just, I guess I really like that scene because it's something I've experienced. Right. I've been there. And to see it like that, presented in such a way that was just, I don't know, I, I could see myself in a lot of the different characters mm-hmm. going through that. So and like, and I've been, I've been <clears throat> the kid that's just so lonely. He's just going gonna, gonna to rattle off his deepest secret immediately because he's just desperate to get it out there and no one else right. is going to listen. So What's seeing that? them all kind of go at it like that was just really, really cool to me. Kind of almost made me feel nostalgic. Mm. No, the part that I really like, uh, Emilio Estevez going through his, um, I I'm not familiar with the actor names, so if uh, can um, Andrew, he's the, the wrestler, the criminal. Oh, no, 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 never mind. Uh, no. He's the wrestler. wrestler. The, athlete. Yeah. the athlete. Yeah. I like the tropes because it's easy. Right. Uh, yeah. the athlete, uh, going through his, uh, kind of monologue about the pressure that is put on him by his Ooh, dad. I felt that. Yeah. yeah. Same. yeah. But like, th- I mean, that's so good. It's good for me. Uh, kind of jumping ahead a little bit here. But just, like, the emotion that he's able to convey through that, like, it's powerful. That kills me, too, just because of, like, some things in my personal life. Right. Like, just watching him wrestle with, like, that simultaneous love and hatred mm-hmm. of his father figure was just really, really well done. And, like, mm-hmm. his genuine fear of becoming that, right. which he hated. But knowing that he almost has to to get the love that he wants. Mm-hmm. So is really is good. that a so good it's good? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I think we've already? we've what? already left so bad it's bad in the dust. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't have anything else negative. That's, but if you do, go go well, for it. Well, what's so bad it's good? 
Um, the '80s. The '80s tropes in general. Yeah. Anything that I was gonna put that in so it. bad it's bad. Really. I, there's just it's just it's too cor- it's a little too corny for me. A lot of it, like the dancing thing. I'm just like. Yeah, I, I get it, but I, I get it, but I enjoyed it. That's I so would put that in so me. bad it's good. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I get why you don't it, like it. It's teetering. But... I want to. I want to explain something real quick for me because if we were do- talking about this scene <clears throat> in like Stranger Things, I'd say it's so bad it's garbage. I'd say it's <laughs> terrible. Yeah, because I mean, this, this movie came out in '85. Yeah, like... because you have you have media w- which is like reaching, but and this isn't uh, some jerks talking about Stranger Things. So I'm not gonna be on this too long. <laughs> Anyone who knows me knows I hate Stranger Things. That's a whole other thing. But instead of like reaching back into a nostalgic past that has happened is no longer current, they're doing the things as they're happening. Yeah. So that doesn't bother me in the slightest because I know that was filmmaking at the time. And while I wouldn't want it in my film now, so it's not so good, it's good. I, I respect that that's how it was done, and I respect they're just trying to have a good time and show the characters having fun. Mm-hmm. So it, it doesn't rub me the wrong way. So so bad it's good mm-hmm. is is the perfect category for me for that. I think it's just fun. Like uh, like you said, it's not like something you would see in Stranger Things where they're doing it for purely. Remember mis- this? Remember right. when we did this in the movies? Wasn't that cool? It's or, again, <clears throat> but new. Like uh, when we watched it <laughs> back at Halloween, and they had the '80s cleaning montage. Ugh. It's like the worst part about that movie. <laughs> right. It's stop trying to be something you're not. Right. This movie is true to its era. Mm-hmm. It is following the tropes of its time, which might not necessarily be like trailblazing in the sense where it's like a new. But at the same time, The Breakfast Club kind of originates a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's definitely pulling from, I'm sure there's like indie filmmaking directors who did the same thing in like 82 that they're ripping off. Everyone rips off everyone. But this kind of exemplified the whole trope of the characters coming together in a single location for an entire generation as evidenced by like how popular this has become since it's time. Mm-hmm. So when, when you have something like that, it's just hard for me to get mad at the tropes when it makes the tropes, right. you know, well, right. each, each of the characters are so generally different that they appeal to it. To, at least one of them appeals to everybody. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I was able to empathize with the majority of the characters. Yeah. Me too. And I wouldn't sit here and argue about the depths of the movie thematically. I think it gets to places, but it's not really trying to be this huge story emblematic of the struggles of a generation. It's like, it's making some tropes. It's kind of throwing them against each other. It's kind of deconstructing it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of trying to see what that can do. And so I guess I would liken it to like a really good 80s pop song. Like, it's not really Mm -hmm. trying to reinvent the wheel, but it's just having a good time. But in the process, it does. Yeah, I was about to say, like, yeah. I don't, I mean, it's not, like, the deepest movie in the world, but watching it, like, as some, like, as a high schooler, um, like, it it kind of helps break down some of those walls. Like, yeah, high school is a very cliquish age to be around. Yeah. Like, kids are going to hang out with their cliques and not really uh, go into other ones, but this movie kind of shows you, like, when you take people out of each individual clique, like, it works, so. Yeah kind of like trying to break down those barriers. And I think, I think this movie yeah. does a really good job of showing that. Now, I'm not saying that's like the deepest thing in the world, but right. it is kind of... Uh, you understand what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. Okay, thank and you. And I guess just in general, I wouldn't say it's like just a... But when I say it's like a pop song, I'm not saying like, oh, it's like shallow in any way. I think it's just... It gets just deep enough mm-hmm. for anyone watching mm-hmm. it just to have that wide appeal that mm-hmm. anyone can see something in it. And it's telling a basic but very important lesson, mm-hmm. I'd say. And while it has 80s tropes that have not aged well, like especially some of the male-female dynamics, that's yeah, we can very that problematic. So bad bad. Absolutely. Very problematic, to say the yeah. least. Um, just the, the overarching storyline, I think, is really interesting and, and breaks down some of the things that you don't really figure out until you're older. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you kind of go through high school, not to say that every high, like th- every high schooler is like this, But you go through high school and you kind of compartmentalize yourself because it's kind of like safety in numbers. You're not confident enough to be you because you don't really know what that is. So it's a lot easier. Until you're in a situation where you have to be you. Yeah, they they drop you. You drop yourself, or someone else drops you in a box, and you stay in the box, and the box is safe because you don't Mm -hmm. have to do anything else. You just have to be. You just have to identify with a group and like exemplify that to other people. Right. And I like the fact that this movie takes people from individual cliques and then shoves them together and then kind of sees how they would relate to each other. I really, really like the scene when they're talking about whether or not they're going to be friends after this or mm-hmm. not. Because you see the different levels of how 
for the popular kids hanging out with the unpopular kids is like have is just breaking social decorum mm -hmm. and the pressures they feel to stay in their box mm -hmm. is a lot more painful because for them making friends means possibly removing yourself from the identity you've so closely aligned with where when it comes to the basket case and the nerd being friends with them it does not remove them from their own personal cliques so it's right, not as i mean like claire says like their friend groups look up to them because they are the popular people yeah. they are the jocks but there's also and we see this more with uh bender the criminal yeah that sometimes the kids who are not popular have their own off-brand of cool, and they're mocking the popular kids. Mm -hmm. So yeah. if that's your clique, then it would be uncool for you to hang out with the popular yeah. kids. You see, Bender has broken the chain that exists. He has added a third link into it, <laughs> but he's the only one in it. <laughs> no, he has friends. They mentioned his friends. So. Oh, yeah. He does have friends. Um, the basket case says she doesn't really have any right. friends. Oh. So she's the one that has that issue. Um, yeah. No, but I, I like that because... When you're in high school, it's so easy to snark at the popular kids and act mm -hmm. like they they don't have it so, they have it so easy and they have the silver spoon and they have all that stuff and you're the the lowly sulking like, like brooding person you know over in the mm -hmm. corner and like you know it all but you really don't and right. I like the way that they had the the athlete and the princess kind of defend themselves mm -hmm. because they do make a fair point they're just terrified of losing what they have mm -hmm. and the stakes are higher for them to make friends across friend groups. Right. And then right after that, it gets even denser because Claire tells Brian, the nerd that he doesn't understand the pressure. And then Brian goes off on the pressures he, that he's right. feeling yeah. that nobody else in that circle has mentioned. He uh, gets real serious. Yeah. yeah. And I, I've known a lot of people that, put their identity in their academics mm -hmm. to an extremely unhealthy yeah, I've, I've known people like that and <laughs> yeah me too because mm. it's just it's incredibly problematic because you, like the, the the reason they're doing it is because at least they can derive value and, and in many ways it's helping you feel like you're special mm -hmm. but it's coming across as if you're better than everyone because it's like right. well i have the best grades that mm. is my value i'm special i am better i am above this stuff mm -hmm. so when that starts to fall apart and that glass house breaks, your entire identity is shattered. It's not just your grades, it's you. Right. It's, it is a failure on you. You are the failure. They're synonymous because you've just intertwined yourself with your academics mm -hmm. to the point where you, you, you've set up a ticking time bomb because you will fail something. You are going to get bad grades. Mm -hmm. It is inevitable. Or if it's not inevitable, you're just too smart and you need to chill out. You probably don't. I don't know. You got other no, issues. It's inevitable. <laughs> but it yeah. is basically inevitable yeah. for almost everyone. Mm -hmm. And showing just how, I, I guess for some people it would be hard to relate for like the lengths he would go to because mm -hmm. of he failed. But I completely understood where what, he was coming what's from. What's his name? Brian. 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 He, you know, he's really smart. But he, he even said, I'm still going to have a B even if I get all A's. Mm -hmm. And yeah. him, the fact that he said that, it's like him saying, well, even a B is not good enough. Yeah, because he so says, like, like, I can't have a B. My parents cannot have a B. Right. So, like, no matter how smart you are or how how, how many good grades you make, you, you're still not, like, you're always going to set up some sort of, like, the line might be higher for you. Yeah. Like, the thresh, like, it might be, like, you might be making an A, but a B is just not cutting it. Yeah, you know? and yeah, there are a lot You're just of gonna people. push that line higher. The the yeah. the, the more the better grades you make, or <clears> the <throat> more work you put in your academics, or whatever. Mm. Because as soon as you drop, like, could be just one notch below what, where you're currently at, it's a problem for you. It's a problem for your mental health, and it's a problem all around. Yeah, and the athlete has a similar situation. His dad's putting pressure on him to win all the time, and he obviously can't. Just like Brian can't make all A's all the time. Well, I think it's more than that. It's also, like, he's uh, putting pressure on his son to also be, like, the cool guy uh, to, like, get in trouble and be able to get away with it. He puts this power dynamic on his son right. that completely is it's just incredibly toxic to him. Mm -hmm. Like, the way he talks about seeing Brian and, like, seeing weakness mm -hmm. in that. Just seeing this sort of, <clears throat> like, power dynamic where you have to be powerful. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to be alpha in that way and just him wrestling with that and just having it kind of imbued into him to the point where he just does intrinsically see people mm -hmm. that might not be like physically strong as inferior beings mm -hmm. i thought was really to the point where he doesn't think for himself yeah 
Like, just whatever his dad is spewing off to him, that's just what he believes. Yeah. And he kind of puts his identity in his strength, too, mm-hmm. in his wrestling and in his just body. Mm-hmm. That's that's where his identity comes from because they all have to put their identity in something because they don't have it in themselves yet. So it has to go somewhere else. That, that's Be- what they learn in this movie. Yeah. Is they're learning. Each, each of them has identity in something else, whether it be grades or looks or um, your athletics or whatever. Yeah. And throughout this movie, they all learn to find their identity in, like, their Who relationships and like other people and fret like and yeah themselves like they're, they're exploring themselves and they they they, they put this like they, they put their focus on more so like explaining who they are and what they are and i don't know they're looking deeper rather than just here's a specific topic that i am you know going hard about yeah i so. agree Bender also has his version of trying to be the alpha all the time. Yeah. Because he's trying to be so edgy oh. that he's just dangling off the edge and daring somebody else to follow him. He's and just fetishized his suffering to the point uh-huh. where... And I I think I related to Bender the most. I don't know what that says about me. I talked to my therapist about it, but... <laughs> no, there, generally, there were times where I did. Yeah, it's just... Because you've hit this certain level of suffering, mm-hmm. you kind of view yourself <clears throat> as superior because how could anyone else possibly understand what you've been through? Right. Uh, those people are just, <clears throat> they're shallow because they've not experienced pain like you. And because right. they haven't, they can't relate to you. Right. And, in, and again, again, in a way, you're better than them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that, another so good, it's good. That's our guy. That's the issue with a lot of these kids, or actually all of them. They're, they're all very confident in their one thing. Yeah. Like... Uh, Brian's very confident in like, like, his the, uh, like his intelligence. Yeah. How he knows things. Bender's very confident in like he's tough and he like, he's cool and stuff like that. You know. Yeah. The weird girl's confident in like, Allison. 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 Confident in like what you know, strange things she's doing. Like that's what that's her. She loves to do her it. compulsive lying. <laughs> right. Yeah. She's you she's know. just hiding, in general. Yeah. From her hair to her lying to. So so yeah. once they once they break that down bit by bit throughout the movie and they gain and they replace it with a healthy dose of humility they become more of like uh, a well-rounded person yeah and i just wanted i wanted the bow on top of it but it's kind of like they packaged everything up and they got halfway through the wrapping paper and then it was all like don't you credits and i was like wait, wait well, you know what i wanted i to- think they packaged it they just put a put a put bow on i it. wanted a the little more, more from it the more i think about it the more i like the fact that we didn't get the packaging at the end it makes sense to me i guess the rest of the movie felt like classic storytelling so when they went like that mm-hmm. i was it's a little I was jarring. shook because but, yeah okay here's here's where i'm at in my thought process on that all right they when they're in the everybody's favorite scene when they're on the second level and they're all opening up to each other they start talking about are we going to be friends after this and several of them insist that the answer is no that they're not you know they might say hi to each other in the hallway but they're not going to be hanging out and they're going to be tearing each other down behind their backs so that their respective cliques will still you know they won't think oh you're really friends with that dweeb or whatever um but then there are other things that happen from that point on that make you think they will still be friends, but we don't really know, so it's left open-ended, which I like. Yeah. I, I don't mind not finding that out. I'm still okay with ending it, like, temporally where it ends. I'm okay mm-hmm. with ending it with the criminal doing the little fist bump. In the. That's cool. I have no issue with that. I guess I just feel like there's a chunk missing in the timeline, and that chunk being when they all decided to leave. Mm-hmm. And, like, you don't even have to, like, add dialogue. Just them kind of looking at each other and the movie kind of setting up that we're not going to find out. Just them looking at each other and kind of wondering if they are going to be friends. Mm-hmm. But then they kind of just they, they just kind of go with the romance angle really quickly. Like, like basket case and athlete, that, that seemed a little random for me. I know they kind of telegraphed it. They I, definitely focused more on the criminal and the princess, yeah. and I get that. I, I think they could have done a better job setting it up. But I'm... Um, it, I believed it. Yeah. I get how teenagers are going to hook up just because you just want to. I mean, not even but, that. Like, I, I felt they, like they had good on, on-screen chemistry. They Those two characters made a, a pretty intense connection when um, Homeboy realized just how bad her home situation was and mm-hmm. that she wasn't lying about I'd it. I'd say the scene I with did the like bag. That. 
Yeah, I where re- she like yeah. dumps out her bag and. It wasn't even that to me. It was it was what was unspoken. It's when he went after her. Yeah. And they, the way they looked at each other mm-hmm. was like you're on the same wavelength in terms of like what your home life actually is. Mm-hmm. And those are that's another thing I could just really relate to. Because, Which I think is really yeah. interesting because their home lives are almost complete opposites. Because like, um, Allison. Yeah. Like she's completely ignored by her parents, whereas with Andrew, uh, like his dad is constantly on him. Yeah. So it's almost like polar opposites. I don't. I I feel like there was something unspoken, and I kind of like that. Yeah. It was just the way they looked at each other. And yeah. it's that sort of reassuring solidarity that you only have with a few people. Mm-hmm. And I've only had that with a few people in my life because I'm not, I'm not here to advertise my childhood. But, like, right. there are certain aspects of my childhood that I find hard to relate to other people because of the difference. Right. I didn't have a very standard childhood. And so when you kind of look at someone and, and you know they get it, like, you know they get it. Mm-hmm. It's a connection that is kind of... And I don't want to go into like, oh, it's like better. It's not better. It's just, it's a level of understanding that mm-hmm. it's not possible with a few other people. Right. Or rather, other people can only a get so far into that empathy right. before they have to stop because they don't get it. It's kind right. of like, it's kind of like me relating to parenthood. Right. I haven't had a kid. I can get so far <clears throat> with understanding what that might feel like, but there is a line. And that is something I will not understand if and when I have a child, then I will understand it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that, and just the power in the way they looked at each other was really powerful to me. Like mm-hmm. I really, really enjoyed that. So, All right. uh, well, kind of changing the subject a little. Yeah. Uh, another so good, it's good for me. Uh, the scene where uh, Vernon is talking to Bender uh, after he kind of takes him off to the closet and essentially threatens him as like, "You're essentially this piece of garbage. Hit me, no one's going to believe you." Uh, like, you're g- going to end up being good for nothing, and when that happens, I'm going to come beat the crap out of you. Yeah. Uh, I just thought that scene was really powerful. Um, the dark side of that. Right. And Bender realizing he's right. 100% right. And seeing how much emotion he conveys. With, like, he doesn't say anything yeah. in that entire scene, but just, like, seeing everything click in his mind... Like, you, you can see it. Yeah. And I think that's really well done. That scene is really well done. You kind of, I don't think you intentionally did this, but you led me into one of the things I do want to put in the hey. bad problems, the, oh. the problems of the movie. It's okay. We're here to talk about it. Um, <laughs> or Turks, you know, whatever. Insert uh, mic drop moment here where I say some jerks you talk about movies. Oh. Boom, there it is. The, I always said the thing. I wanted more development from the adults, the janitor and the assistant principal. They hinted at some things, and they almost got there, and then they didn't. See, I'm that, torn on it, because I, I completely get where you're coming from. I was actually kind of thinking about this earlier. Like, I really would have liked to have seen a, a little bit more from that. But at the same time, I didn't? Yeah, I, I think I would have rather, like, cut the principal's time in half and cut the janitor out. And just do, like, a Charlie Brown thing where the adults don't matter. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I would have liked that, but at the same time, they teased me with something I wanted them to follow through on. Right. Because I feel like there's an entirely... you have the scene with Vernon and the janitor where he's like, yeah. dude, what are you doing? There's an entirely right. different angle you could take it with. You can go into, like, the adults' insecurities, and mm-hmm. you can go into, like, how they feel about the whole situation. And they talk about that a little bit. Yeah. With them hinting I guess at where they came that, from. The yeah. movie isn't about them. So they don't dig into it as much as they do with the kids, and like I get, that. I, I, I get the, uh, the arguments there. And but it I, can be right. I think you could have had added that in the movie, and it'd still be really good, and add some like another level to the movie. But I, I don't know. Splitting the difference to me hurts it because if you went all the way kids, mm. I feel like that'd be slightly better of a movie. If you went kids and really develop adults, I feel like that would have been slightly better of a movie. Mm. But I feel like this is a case where half measures hurt the film just a bit just a little bit because when you tease it and you don't follow through on it um that's just a a problem like i remember in my screenwriting class they were talking about how if you have a knife in act one and it's not used in act three that knife should have never been in the picture right it should not be there that's why you should take the janitor out of yeah and so if you're not gonna follow through with it i'd almost rather them not be there in the first place Mm -hmm. but i'm okay with them being there because it shows me something that i could have i really wanted i wanted Mm -hmm. it and I didn't quite get it. It's a little frustrating. 
You got something, Tristan? Cool. No, I don't. No, nope? okay. Just uh, I'm he, go... he just slapped his knee and went, mmm, like, like just, just, I got a point just, fresh out the oven just, ready for you. Just listening to I'm you. I'm going to go back right. to So Bad It's Good for a second yeah. uh, for something completely unrelated to actually what actually happens in the movie and talk about something that happens outside of the movie. So originally, uh, Emilio Estevez, who plays uh, Andrew in this movie, was slated to play Bender, but director uh, could not find anybody to play Andrew, so he's like, hey, Emilio, can you play Andrew? And he was like, yeah, sure. Uh, so in finding a new actor for um, Bender, uh, one of the leading candidates was a podcast favorite, Nicolas Cage. The man. He's a podcast favorite? Yeah. He's a so bad it's good favorite. When did we say he's that? Oh, yeah, you weren't here for Face Off. Face Off was a fun time. Face Off was like it was amazing. episode 8. I think it was like episode 10. It, it was an early episode, but... Know. Anyway, uh, go listen to that podcast. That was a lot of fun. was considered to play Bender. Right. Uh, Eventually, then it was Judd Nelson, which I think was a good move because he knocks it out of the park. Bender's great. They're all great. Did you guys know that Nicolas Cage was a contender to play Aragorn in The Lord of the Rings? Yeah, and Superman in Superman Returns. Well, I don't think it was Superman Returns, but it was was an iteration that never happened, I think. Superman movie that never ended up happening. Yeah. And then he comes back to play Superman in Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Oh. Yeah. Oh, he plays the voice of Superman. And yeah. it's beautiful. He gets to be right. Batman Noir, too. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Spider-Man Noir. Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, Spider-Man Noir, rather. Excuse Batman me. Noir. And that was actually... It's basically Batman. That's the coolest thing Nicolas Cage has ever done. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys got anything else? Um, <laughs> did, Were you surprised by the sentence that was about to come out of your mouth? A little bit. Is All there right. anything else for So Good It's Good? Um, I like the music. Yeah, I really do. The, it's just it's so not 80s it works. Done. Like, yeah. It's in there just enough to work. Yeah. And it, I, I just really liked it because I actually really don't like 80s music, right. most of it. But all the stuff they picked, I liked. Right. I'd be into that. I'd, I'd listen to it outside of the context mm-hmm. of the movie. So, I, was I actually really like 80s music. I know you do. <laughs> the only song that I didn't like, and the only song I liked in this movie was the last one. That says a lot. <clears throat> actually, that, that makes perfect sense because... Off the podcast, me and Tristan have almost entirely contradictory music tastes. <laughs> so yeah. that, that very much fits that bill. Yeah. The, the middle ground is a band called Murder by Death. Check them out. They're really good. Anyway, shameless yeah. plug for Murder by Death. Please listen to us. So, right. uh, so do we uh, want to go to uh, the dissenting opinion? Uh, are we going to do how, <laughs> we wa- how would we watch this movie first? Or no? uh, we'll, we'll go to Doug first. All right. Well, Doug, we gave you a shout out in the song. What do you got to say about the movie? What is up, listeners of Some Jerks Who Talk About Movies? It's your good friend, Doug Good here, coming at you this week from Oklahoma. Where in Oklahoma? I don't know, but it's in Oklahoma. Um, and guys, I just wanted to kind of give you my opinion of The Breakfast Club. Let me make it short and sweet. I do not understand why this movie is so... I don't get it. Like, like, hear me out. Yes. The acting is fine. It's good. Like, they do good performances. But also, there's nothing happening in this movie. It, it amounts to nothing. Every time I watch this movie, I feel like I'm missing something. And if I can just watch it again, maybe I'll finally catch on to why it's so love, why it's so widely acclaimed. But I can't. I've watched this movie so many times in my life, and at so many different points in my life, and I still don't get it. I do not find enjoyment in this movie, and I don't see how people find so much enjoyment, and I don't see why they think it's such a classic. I mean, yeah, it's John Hughes, but John Hughes has made so many, so much better movies than this. I just don't get why this is the one that everybody loves so much. Um, so bad it's bad. Also, in case you didn't notice, yes, I'm at an airport, if you can hear that oversound. Um, but anyway, yeah, okay, so I guess just getting into so bad it's bad, so bad it's good, so good it's good. So bad it's bad. The movie commits, in my opinion, the biggest crime of any film, which is it is boring. It is so boring. I do not understand why. 
I don't get how people can just sit down and watch this whole movie again and again. It makes no sense to me, but they do it. Uh, so bad it's good. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I really can't think of anything that's so bad it's good in this movie. So good it's good. I have to give credit to the actors because the acting in this is amazing. Like, if I was watching this just for acting, then yes, it would be great. But the problem is, is that nothing they're doing is interesting. There's, there's nothing happening. There's nothing that makes me want to go, hey, I want to follow you. I want to learn more about you. It's just, yes, these actors are saying these lines very well. Yes, these actors are doing a great job with these roles. Yes, they are clearly portraying the characters they are intended to portray. But aside from that, there's nothing making me want to go and watch more of this movie. There's nothing making me want to just latch on to anything in this movie. And look, I get it. I really do. I get it that I am by far the outlier here. I get that I'm going to have the the odd one out opinion. Again, I'm in an airport, so all this noise that you're hearing over this, I'm very sorry, but it's happening. So we're waiting for the airport noises to die down. We're waiting for them to die down. And here we go. But yeah, look, if you like this movie, which I know the rest of the jerks do, I know I know for a fact that I have given this movie the lowest score possible. But, that being said, there is nothing in this movie that makes me want to see it again. And the fact that I have seen it so many times in my life, and I still don't understand why, why people willingly watch this on a constant basis, it's just... I don't get it, man. I don't get it. And I, I'm sure this is just me not connecting with the movie, which is fine. You cannot connect to a movie and be fine with it. But for what it's worth, best way to watch this movie, I guess, is not with me because apparently I just don't get it. Um, and, you know, I kind of want to give this movie a zero. In all honesty, I really do. I think it's just a bad movie. I And the reason I give it the reason I want to give it a zero is because I feel like I'm missing out on something grand and exciting, but I'm not. It's just me. So, I'm going to go a little above a zero and I'm going to give this movie a 3 on the bad scale. So, yeah, I think it's a really bad movie. And yes, I recognize that I am most definitely the outlier here. But guys, that's my opinion of The Breakfast Club. And without further ado, it's a good one. It's a bad one. We're talking good and bad opinions. And y'all have a great week. Well, that's fine. You can be wrong. Yeah. Or right. I, or wrong. Mainly no, wrong. No, Doug is very wrong in this case. I'm appalled, oh, honestly. I don't know. I'm that's disgusted. His, that's his opinion. Yes, and, and I he's can say welcome he's to gross. be wrong. All right. Of, <laughs> All right, so what's the best way to watch jerks. this movie? You're darn right. Hey, uh, best way to watch this movie. I like watching it with people. I think yeah. that's a good time. Um, it's it's fun. It's a fun movie to talk about. Mm-hmm. Specifically for about an hour, give or take. You know, kind of getting into it with yeah. some friends, maybe with some mics in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Make a podcast. About it. I mean, communal, communal viewing. Yeah. That's my answer. I mean, I would agree. Like, this is a good movie to watch alone, but it's a good movie to talk about. Uh, just cause I feel like there is a lot to talk about. Like, I feel like we only really scratched the surface on the stuff to talk about with this movie. I agree. Like you can have like probably hour long, hours long conversations about this movie. It's like digging. <laughs> kind of like, like the one not, we're having right now. It's not like the deepest movie in the world. Like we talked about earlier, but like yeah. there's some deep cuts in there. Like, I yeah. think you can, you can plumb the depths of this movie for a while. Yeah. There's, right. if you want this movie to be deep it can be deep yeah. right and, and i think there's a whole side of it we largely ignored i'm not entirely against the fact that we ignored it but there are problematic elements concerning the relationships and their progression right um, uh, uh, i mean you kind of mentioned them we mentioned we alluded to them <coughs> i i think they're worth looking into and thinking about and i think that's why it's worth watching communally if that's mm-hmm. a word i don't know i'll check words of friends um i think it's it's worth 
it's worth talking about because I think there are some interesting discussions to have about what this film gets really right and what this film gets really wrong about its presentation of characters. And not necessarily whether or not the things that happened in this movie would happen, but more so how we're consuming them and how they're being presented to us mm. and what we are okay with our heroes and our protagonists doing in a film and what we're really not. That's but solid. Bender I, is is maybe an anti-hero, certainly not somebody you want to yeah, look up to. I mm. just I just wanted to touch on that a little bit more than we did just because I think it is important to note that there are problematic elements right. of this film, and I didn't want it to get completely glossed over, right. so... Elijah Tristan, what are the best ways to watch this movie? Um, I think you should watch it either by yourself in a dark room or watch it with a lot of people that can respect being quiet during a movie. Word. Respectable. Um, I'm kind of down with the idea of watching this movie alone because it's one that you could think about for a long time. Um, But... (laughs) One way that might be interesting to watch this movie is to pick about four other people who belong to very different cliques than you <laughs> and just yeah. force yourself to be alone in a room with them for a while to watch this movie. We need to set up, like, an app. It's called the <laughs> Breakfast Club Viewing Party. Oh, yeah. And you fill out these answers, and they right. put you in one of the five categories, right. and then they just send you an address and a time. Uh-huh. And you just show up, and you have to watch the movie with, with those pe- people. You're right. People you've never yeah. met who are way different than you. Yeah. That would be really I, cool. I, I kind of like that. That's a cool idea. I wish that existed. I'm going to go ahead and patent that. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, one of you jerks who's listening, uh, get on it. Get on that and send me the commission. I'll take yeah. a flat 10%. I think that's fair. <laughs> and I'll take the remaining 90 Oh. And I had nothing to do with this, so I'll just show up. All right. I'll oh. use it. Nice. All right. Uh, Rating yeah. time? Yeah, time to rate it. And because of Doug, we have to use both scales. Doug, why, why you got to do it to us? Why you got to do it to us? <sighs> Would you mind explaining the scales? All right, here's how the scales work. So we heard some jerks who talk about movies have two different scales, which unfortunately we are going to be utilizing both this time. The first <sighs> Come on, Doug. The first one's a bad scale. I'm going to gloss over this. It's a rating of bad films from a scale of 1 to 10. Every film on that scale is technically a bad film. A film that's a 1 on bad scale has, is so bad it's bad. 5 is it's just a movie. It's just a bad movie. 10 is it's so bad it's good is kind of what 10 is. We can also extend or subtract some points on the bad scale. So we can go up from about 15 all the way down to a negative 5. I agree, too. And a 15 on the bad scale brings us into the good scale because that's a 5 on the good scale. A good scale is a scale of 1 to 10 on the outer edge of the bad scale. So a 10 on the bad scale is a 0 on the good scale. The good scale is a scale about good films going from 1 to 10. This one doesn't break, Doug. So you have a film that's a 1 on the on the good scale. It's kind of like it's so bad it's good, but it's leaned good. It's, it's earned its place on the good scale. And a 10 is a film that's like top 10 films of all time. Man, that Farting Corpse movie really earned its 10. So, okay. on those scales, and we are all in this room that are not Doug, are going to be using the good scale. I believe yeah. we all agreed on that yep. beforehand. Well, uh, so, we'll go ahead and start with Doug's score. Uh, it's the lowest of all of us. Uh, Doug, for uh, some reason he explained earlier. Um, <laughs> Reasons I don't care about, personally. Right. Uh, <laughs> gave this a three on the bad scale. Uh, when he texted me that earlier today, I responded in all caps, Really? Oh. Apologies for your eardrums. Yeah, well, I backed that. up, so it wasn't as bad. I still think it's peak. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Probably. Uh, but he said, I hate it, and I hardcore thought about giving it a zero on the bad scale. I just think it's a boring waste of time, and Doug, you could not be more wrong. <laughs> well, I understand where he's coming from. He's wrong, I, I but get I get it. it. I get it. Yeah. I do, but Doug, you're wrong. Yep. All right. I want to go ahead and throw this on there. Okay. I'm going to give The Breakfast Club a 6 on the good scale. I think it's a good movie. I have problems with it, but it's a good movie, and it's worth watching. All right. uh, who's next? Tristan. I'm going to give this a 3 on the good scale. Because oh, okay. even though I had issues with it, um, still it's it still does really well with getting deep into characters, and it does a good job with exploring the way a lot of us as humans are, at least Americans. It's a very American White Americans. Yeah. They were all white. I just felt like pointing that out. No, it's worth saying. It is definitively the suburban white American experience. Right, okay. I mean, it's the mid-80s. Yeah, Yeah, non-white people didn't exist. (laughs) 
All right. Uh, Elijah, what are you giving this? I'm going to echo Michael six. It's a good movie. I would even call it timeless. I think a lot of people have. I think it is timeless in terms of its themes. Yeah. The themes are timeless. Yeah, I don't know and, if the film is timeless, but the fe- <laughs> the themes are timeless. And the way the characters operate thematically is uh, it's not confined to the 80s. I think that's going to last. Yeah. Um, so it's a good movie. It, and, you know, it loses points for a few things, like, you know, some of the sexualization. Mm-hmm. And um, also, you know, it does lose a point for being pretty slow. But, I mean, you know, that's fine. It's a slow cook. That's all right. But I'm giving it a six on the good scale. Okay. All right. Uh, so I consider this movie in uh, probably my top 20. Um, Heck. Yeah. I, I, I love this movie. Um, it holds a special place in my heart. Uh, I feel like I enjoy it, every, enjoy it a little bit more every time I watch it. So I'm going to give this an 8.5. Nice. Uh, I already texted you the scores, Mike. You're good. Nice. Um, but yeah, that gives us a final score of 3.3 on the good scale. So, ha, huh, Doug, <laughs> see, you are wrong. Still majorly offset by Doug's score. Goodness. Yeah. All right. Uh, but yeah, uh, that that's The Breakfast Club. Uh, fun fact, its average score is completely tied with Legally Blonde, which is a very similar episode to this one. Right, because you were the one who... Because <laughs> I was the one that wrecked that one. <laughs> wow. I wow. still don't make apologies for it, and I'm sure Doug won't either. Uh, I, I know Doug won't. Yeah. Like, uh, exactly, a thir- uh, 3.3 on wow. a good scale. That's funny. Yep. Oh, you uh, were wrong. Not about this movie. <laughs> so, that was a good film. I'm glad we watched it. Yeah, it was, it was. good. What's, what's happening next week? Well, uh, we're not watching a movie, because, no? uh, yeah, well, Doug's coming back into town, and uh, you boys are moving. Yeah. Yeah, guys, this so, is this is this the last podcast we're recording in the dungeon because we already recorded the intro and outro for next week. Yep. Yeah. Man, well, we, we did that here too. But. We we cut our teeth in here. This is basically yeah. where the podcast. I wouldn't say it was born. It, yeah. it, there was a few episodes before it, but it that it gestated. No, in no. Here. Second episode was recorded yeah. Second episode in my, was here in my bedroom. This, first one was recorded. This, yeah. I mean, the first episode, or the podcast really was born in the Jittery Joes on yeah. Upsbridge, where Doug and yeah. I had that conversation. And, like, and, and then what the parents do we took do? it to the car and drove it here, where it was raised. Right. Yeah. It uh, was raised in this tundra. Yeah. It's a, it's a full adult now. <laughs> it was conceived in the Jittery Joes. I'm not okay with where this is going at all. <laughs> I am. Born in the MLC study room, where Doug and I recorded a few episodes. I was also... We had to take it back for, you know, vaccinations, couple checkup appointments. Yeah, it took but a little we while. we raised it here. About yeah. Mamma Mia or so is when it really got. And, our, and now yeah. our podcast. It's growing up. It's moving out. It's graduating high school and moving on to college. I'm Which so is pro. funny because it's moving away from a college. <laughs> <Right>. Very specifically. <laughs> Intentionally, I might add. Yeah, well. Nah, me and Tristan are staying in Athens, but we are relocating, right. and this podcast will relocate with us, because yeah. we are still the only people with a dedicated space and willing to hey. record. Yeah. So. I mean, we could raid yeah. Elijah's apartment. But we could make that happen, sure. I guess we, we could, could raid But it. I mean, with how... Ha- That's like the uncle. It's like you go to your uncle's house. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I'm like the red-headed stepchild. As long <laughs> as I can wear my Viking helmet and bring my axe with me to raid. And might oh. I just add, I've been wearing a fez this entire time, and it was never mentioned. Well, well this, does this it was, need to be? I feel every like this was time? a little bit more of a serious podcast, so yeah. there just wasn't a time to mention it. You know, but yeah, the oh Fez well. is here. What does it think, Mike? The Fez likes this movie. Of course it does. It's a Fez. That's <laughs> self-explanatory. I don't need to get I'm into sorry. it I, anymore. I didn't, I didn't than understand. That. I guess my brain no. is too small for that. But yeah, just just to be crystal clear, we're not going anywhere. There are still episodes coming out every week. We're just recording them in different places. Yeah. Well, speaking of listening to the podcast, Mike, where can the good people find us? That's a really good question. Thanks for asking it for the second time this evening, because oh, we've already recorded the mic oh, checks. Okay, I was about to say, did I already ask that? Actually, no, I brought it on myself. Uh, you guys will find out next week. Here's the yeah. thing about oh. our podcast. You can find it pretty much all over the internet. That's an exaggeration. It's only in a few specific places on the internet. <laughs> Namely, our website, Great Place to Go. It has links to everything else I'm going to tell you about. It is www.somejerkspodcast.com. You can drop the www. Your web browser is smart enough to figure that one out. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. On Instagram, we are Some Jerks Podcast. On Instagram, or on Twitter, excuse me, we are Some Jerks Pod. 
Twitter did not like the cast. I don't know why. We can be found on Facebook at Some Jerks Who Talk About Movies. That's a really good place to figure out some stuff. We have snippets and excerpts going out on all that stuff. You can also stream us on all of your favorite platforms. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Uh, probably some other ones I'm forgetting. Did you say Spotify? Yeah, I said Spotify. Okay. We're on all the major Apple, ones. Apple and if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate it if you rated and gave us a review. That really and helps also us out hit with that the, subscribe button. Yeah, it helps us out with the algorithms. Actually, just subscribe on whatever you're listening to. That'll work yeah, out follow us on just Spotify. fine. Mm-hmm. Spotify followers are great. I really do like the Apple Podcast app. I think it, it's yep. a really good way. You'll get new episodes sent straight to your phone on Tuesday mornings, exactly when they come out. And you'll be able to listen to it on your drive to work, on your way home, or just blast it out in front of your friends and family while you just stare relentlessly at them and see if they like it. <laughs> That's beautiful. Like they that. will. But yeah, uh, be sure to check us out on our social media a little bit later this week. we got a special video coming for y'all. Oh, yeah. So you thought that theme song at the beginning was great? Well, there's a music video, too. Bonus content can be found video. if you keep up with us. That's generous. Yeah. <laughs> it's <Yeah. a> extremely <laughs> generous. It's an alternate take, well, though. Well, guys, it's, what it's movies very rare, very are special. out or coming out that we want to oh, see? Oh, I forgot about this. Oh, well, uh, the three of us saw a movie yesterday. We yeah, did. one we've been looking forward to for a while. Yeah. I men- I think I mentioned it earlier on this podcast. Oh, yeah. It's when we were talking t- about ellipses. Yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, Quentin Tarantino's ninth motion picture. It's advertised with that everywhere. How many is he making? Ten. <laughs> he says ten. I don't know if I buy it. Oh, but so so stars, once upon a time, dot, 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 in Hollywood. No, it's, once upon a time, in, dot, 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 Hollywood. I oh. think the marketing has had both. That's the confusing yeah, part. Yeah, I think it has. That's the weird. I think the but official thing. But in the movie, thing, though, it was dot, 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 Hollywood. Yes. I yeah. think the official one is once upon, once upon a time, in <clears throat> Hollywood. Also, pretty good movie, guys. It made my top ten list, and I have... Reconfigured my top ten list. Oh, let's hear it to include it now. I have not. I I don't know if I condone that opinion. It's a good movie. I'd watch it. I. I, It's not prepared. Be prepared for a pretty slow burn of three hours. Yeah. And a whole lot of it didn't feel as long as it was. It felt long. I don't know if it felt three hours, but it it didn't feel that long. It it felt kind of long, but I. It didn't feel like I was watching a two and a half hour movie. That's fair. I don't know. It has all the Quentin Tarantino isms. Mm -hmm. So if you know about his penchant for certain body parts. (laughs) <laughs> and his love of violence and his overindulgent dialogue, they're going to be in there in spades. Mm-hmm. Maybe well, not in spades for violence, but I don't know. Whatever. It. Th- so my first five movies remain the same. That's There Will Be Blood, Interstellar, Five Days of Summer, Eighth Grade, and Saving Private Ryan. But right on. at number six, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has taken the spot. Wow. Ooh, what's, and, it, what's it above? Better than Emperor's um, New Groove? It's above Star Wars. Whoa. So, Star Wars is 7. That's a bold move. Back to the Future is 8. La La Land is 9. And Toy Story is 10. Oh, Emperor's New Groove got bumped off the list. Emperor's New Groove is 12. Oh, no. Ouch. Oof. Still one of the only people I know that actually keeps a list. I keep my list I respect it. I have a grouping of top, but that's it. (laughs) I consider the Lord of the Rings one movie and call it my favorite. Mm. (laughs) Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah. So what are y'all interested in watching coming out soon? Uh, Anyone got anything? Oh, jeez, I don't know. What is going on with movies anymore? Between Cats <laughs> and the Door of the Explorer movie, I don't want to live on I this planet anymore. I want to talk about Door of the Explorer. Really? Yes. I was about to bring hope into it, but go go ahead with Dora. <laughs> I have one or two exciting things about Door of the Explorer. Guess who plays Boots? Oh, I, I Danny know. freaking um, Trejo. Um, yep. Oh, Danny yeah. oh, freaking nice. Trejo. Yeah. And Benicio Del Toro is playing Swiper the Fox. And for yeah. those two reasons alone, I'm going to see it. I genuinely think that movie is going to be a lot more fun than we think it's going to be. I think they know it's insane. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's probably why they're bringing in Danny Trejo to play Boots. Yeah. Like, yeah. There is no other yeah. reason to. What is this movie rated? PG, uh, yeah, but PG probably. They wouldn't go any higher than that. That wouldn't make any it's, sense. It's for uh, kids. Right? Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll check, but uh, pretty sure it's, it's, a, PG. it's supposed to be like a family movie marketing. I, I got to give a couple of shout outs to my absolute favorite production house right now, A24, because they are single handedly keeping my interest in cinema. First of all, if you're listening to this, you still have time to make your way over to Athens, Georgia, because A24 is playing the spectacular now. On a billboard on Broad Street, the intersection of Broad Street and Pulaski Street. I could say this because it's public knowledge. It's a public location. You can find it. Watch the spectacular now on a billboard. They're really cool. It's a really cool company. They made my favorite film, Swiss Army Man. 
And they're also, I mentioned this because Elijah was talking about what's happening with films. There's a film coming out called The Lighthouse from them. It looks awesome. I am all about it. I will show you a trailer in case you've seen it. Um, this has Willem Dafoe and Robert Pat- Patterson. Okay, I heard something about this we movie, but Willem I don't know Dafoe. about it yet. Yeah, the trailer's got that way you just spill your beans. You'll see. It's <laughs> okay. it's very it's it's it looks like it was made in 1930 in all the great ways, and I'm so hyped. For okay, it. cool. I'm I'm so happy we're getting into fall soon because um, Oscar bait season happens, and I love yeah. Oscar bait season. It's great. It's all my favorite movies come out in the fall. Well, I kind of want to see the. Uh, Blinded by the Light, Bruce Springsteen. That's how I really want to see it. It looks like it'd be, it'll be okay, at least. Yeah. yeah. I like the Jesse Eisenberg karate movie trailer we that saw. That one looks oh, good, Oh, yeah, too. that looked really funny, too. The, something about martial arts, the art of something. I'll pass on the that The art one. of self-defense. The art of self-defense, you're right. Yeah. Um, the movie I really want to see is the Brad Pitt movie coming out in September, Ad Astra. Ooh, yeah, that looks good. Yeah, that looks pretty good. I'm a, I love space. So does everybody else. And yeah. <laughs> but... I'm, I well, that is mighty good. presumptuous of you. I'm totes down. Everybody loves space movies these days. Come yeah. on, it's 2019. They keep advertising that Aquafina film, and I can't tell if it's going to be good. Aquafina film? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the... The sequel to Deer Park. It's the <laughs> gra- Grandma Dies, the movie. We saw a trailer for it. Uh... It's that's it's a Chinese family, and the grandma oh, finds out that she's that looks going really to die. good, too. Yeah. I don't know the name. I'm going to look up the name oh, of it because okay, I don't, yeah, I I don't want to be too mean about. to it. I know what you're talking about. It looks interesting. That looks like it'd be interesting because I can learn a lot more about a culture I'm not very familiar with. Right. Um, yeah, I agree. I like the that. Farewell is what it's called. Oh, also okay, by yeah. A24. Just, <laughs> guys, don't sleep on A24. They are great. Yeah, they, they make they good, really are. good films. They're bringing fringe art house cinema and codifying it for the masses and I'm all about it. It's just really good it's stories. It's just good movies. Yeah. yeah. They're great. Go watch Midsummer. Midsummer was terrifying. Go see I, it. I still need to go see it. <laughs> okay, see it uh, this is your Turing test if you're listening. If The Witch scared you or Hereditary scared you, then Midsummer has a really good chance of scaring you. If you thought those were boring and slow, I don't know if you're going to like Midsummer. I've never seen either of those movies. Neither That's have I. for them, not for you. Okay. Well. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Fine. Fine. Uh, I guess we'll have to just continue this argument later. We'll just have to end this podcast. Pretty much. Uh, But be sure to join us next week when we uh, do our mic checks. And the week after that, when we watch Power Rangers. Uh, Oh, yeah, I guess we're telling them that now. We already did. Did we? I thought we did. Yeah, Uh, we did. We did when we recorded the intro. Oh. Surprise! Surprise! (laughs) Anyway, uh, for all the tricks to talk about movies, I'm Ben. I'm Michael. I'm Tristan. I'm Elijah. And we look for perks and talk with jerks. We're just jerks. We talk about movies. Y'all have a great week.